This is the reality. Hello there, welcome to The Reality. So good to be with you once again as we talk about the Word of God. My name's Dudley Anderson. I'd love to hear from you. I'll be giving you an email address towards the end of today's show and invite you to drop me a note. Well, today on The Reality, we're featuring The Reality Bible Special. It's my privilege today on the Reality Bible Special to share the studio with Reverend Paul Hudson. Paul Hudson has been with us before on the Reality, sharing a little bit about his life and ministry. Well, today we're going to be looking at the book of Revelation in the New Testament. The book of Revelation can be very confusing, full of prophecy and apocalyptic imagery. Yet, there are countless truths in that book that inspire us for daily living. For instance, it says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 to 16, I know your works, that they're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you from my mouth. A challenge to you and to me to be sold out for Jesus. Sadly, most of us avoid reading the book because it challenges our faith and our way of living. Yet Revelation is jam-packed with hope and encouragement and anticipation of the return of Jesus Christ. Primarily, Revelation is called apocalyptic literature because it predicts the final showdown between God and the devil at the end of the world. But the promise is that Jesus is coming back again with the promise of receiving his own to himself. Perhaps this is why Jesus tells the Apostle John, who penned the book of Revelation, to write to the churches to encourage people to open their hearts to Christ. So, Revelation is the account of the vision that John the Apostle had on the Isle of Patmos. To understand the book, we need to understand that Revelation is not a chronological story, it's an account of the second coming of Jesus, revealed as part reality and part imagery. And that is what Revelation is. One man looking and has this picture before him. There's all kinds of imagery taking place, but Within it all, there is a truth that's coming through. There is no one higher than Jesus. And he's coming again to bring a new heaven and a new earth together. And he's got you, he holds you. Don't panic. Well, it's really great to have Paul Hudson in the studio with me today for the Reality Bible Special. As I always say, Paul, get into the Word of God and get the Word of God into you. You've got to start reading it and and getting into it. And as we read and get it, get into it, it gets into us and it dwells in us. And so today we're going to be getting into the book of Revelation in the Mm -hmm. New Testament. It's one of those books in the Bible that uh, many people shy away from. They kind of browse through and they think, whoa. Where's that going? Mm-hmm. Revelation. In a nutshell, what's it about? It's about a very old man who is Jesus' best friend, John, um, who has survived all the other apostles that have died, Jesus' apostles, the first apostles that have uh, died or been martyred. And he um, is... Uh, living under the Roman Emperor uh, reign of Domitian and he is seen as the leading overseer of the churches around Western Turkey that we know now. Because of his 
gospel work because of who he is. Um, he is persecuted. There is stories going back in history of Domitian ordering for him to be um, put in boiling oil, and mm-hmm. he survived it. Wow. And um, in the end, he he is put onto an island where uh, Rome would always send their prisoners um, to a to a place uh, called Patmos. And uh, where it was, it was known at the time as being very uh, barren. Uh, nothing really grew there, and it was not a great place to be. And he's uh, he's aged in his nineties, mm. and that's where he is. And then he has a vision, mm. and the vision is the, we we in our English translation. Of of that vision, we uh, we call it the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, but it is um, uh, the uh, apocalypse, hmm. and that that's the original word. And um, it's always seen as being a really scary. Oh my goodness! There's all kinds of imagery, but it is um, a vision that comes to him, which has a message from Jesus Christ, and it's a message which I believe, which we believe, um, is not only for his generation for every generation until Christ comes again mm-hmm, mm. and brings an end to everything mm. and uh, brings a new beginning to everything mm. and that's what the vision is about and for me within it probably I've come to realize it's probably for me the best discipleship tool that we have in the New Testament really it is wow. so full of wonderful helps to uh, navigate whatever world you are in yeah. whatever generation you mm. are in and mm. uh, the battle against evil and the, the 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 way that we navigate our life in this in this world of ours it's it's wonderful book wow incredible so just to stop for a minute on on john the apostle um is it correct to believe that he was? I think you did say he he uh, he survived the other disciples and apostles. Yeah, was, yeah. He, was he the last of? He's the, the last one of the first century church. So yeah, what happened? Then, I mean, Revelation is not the. I mean, it's a, it's the last book in the Bible in the sense of it, uh, its order, but it's it, it was not the 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 last book. I, uh, in a traditional view, it's not the last book that was written, um, because um, what what happened to John was that after his. Um, when he's had his vision after his vision uh, Domitian um, dies the emperor dies um, in 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 the in the year AD 95 and in AD 96 a new emperor comes his name is Nerva and he only um, comes in for a short reign 96 to 98 but during that time um, John is released from Patmos in that time, historic okay. the, the Christian, the church history books right. talk about it, and and he goes to Ephesus. That's a traditional view. He goes to Ephesus, oh, right. and and it's from Ephesus that he he then starts to do two things. He writes the three letters of John, and which are powerful letters, especially after this this man has just had this incredible vision. Mm-hmm. And he writes these three letters, and then he also puts the New Testament together, as we see it oh, right. today. Okay. Okay. So that's, a, that's a, the two final things that he does, and 
he's in Ephesus probably around about 96, 99, and he, he probably uh, dies natural causes 99. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. AD. Because Jesus sort of indicated uh, at one stage that John would outlive the rest of them, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Um, so he writes these these epistles or letters yeah, yeah. that you've rightly said um, three three of them three yeah, yeah three in the Bible first second and third John he writes them after Revelation yeah oh I didn't realize that's that. a traditional view okay okay and when I read those I always read them and then kind of correlate them back to Revelation they, they're very different the style seems to be different the he, messages are different yeah he he comes out of his vision and he's um, uh, he comes out. I, I, I try and imagine what it must be like for him to have had such uh, an uh, apocalyptic uh, vision like that. And what did it do to him? What, what uh, he's seen. I mean, he was one of the three disciples that was on Mount Transfiguration when Jesus mm-hmm. changed. But uh, this is this is more than that. I mean, that was powerful, uh, and this is where he is again. But it's even more. He sees more stuff, and he sees. He sees Jesus in ways that no one has seen Jesus, mm-hmm. and that that must have absolutely changed him forever. He comes back, and out of that vision, and the one thing that disturbs him the most is he sees a church that, and, and he, I believe he's writing from Ephesus, and he sees the church in that region having been weakened uh, and weakening because of the move away from the person Jesus Christ. That generation were already exploring about uh, the fact that, you know, really sin, you know, do do we really sin? I don't know if we really sin. Uh, so he, he'd start to write, if we claim to be without sin, mm-hmm. we are liars. Mm. He's writing to people within the church mm-hmm. who was starting to weaken some of the things that Jesus Christ had come to deal with, mm-hmm. and they start they 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 are beginning to open themselves up to the they, they want the Holy Spirit. What they believe is that at that time they believe that the Holy Spirit occupied Jesus. Uh, up until the time when Jesus was crucified, but before he crucified, he was crucified. The Spirit left him, but that's what the, that's what uh, w- was a teaching that was coming into the church at the time. Mm-hmm. And so he begins to speak into this, and he's and he's passionate about it because he's just had this vision, uh, and he's seen all that he's seen. And what he knows is this: we cannot water down who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. We can't water down the person of Jesus Christ. Christianity is all about the encounter and the experience of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It's all about him. You can't have church without Jesus. You uh, And and if you're going to have Jesus, you're going to have to have an understanding of sin because that's what Jesus came mm-hmm. to deal with. You can't have the Holy Spirit without Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And that, particularly in the first letter of John, which has got the five chapters, um, that is what he's really speaking into about true Christianity Christianity about the true church mm. and it's centered around mm. Jesus mm. and that message is is applicable for 2023 mm-hmm. <laughs> because church is not about the good things we do they're great it's not about the food banks they're needed 
We should be doing stuff like that. We should be reaching out into the community. It's not about youth clubs and this and this and this. Mm, mm, mm. These are all right. Mm. We've got to do those things. But it is about people experiencing and encountering Jesus Christ. So what about Jesus? You, the moment you start tinkering or dropping or having a sin-denying theology um, where God is love and God accepts and, you know, the, the you know we, sin doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this question, what is sin, is a big thing today. Yeah. And um, the moment you start doing that, you, you, you start dethroning Jesus and you 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 make a new Jesus from the one that came yeah. and John is coming out of this vision in Revelation um, adamant that he's going to speak to the church before he dies about upholding the person of Jesus Christ absolutely it's all about Jesus absolutely you know um, just a quick um a quick story uh, talking about sin and the church today. Um, I have a friend who is an evangelist and uh, he was invited to a church. I won't say what church it was in our area here where we live, where I live. Mm. Um, and he preached about sin. Mm. And he came in under such condemnation and the, 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 the leader, the pastor, the minister of the church uh, had him over the, over the coals after that for talking about sin, even using the word sin in the church. Mm. The week after that, the church was hit by lightning. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and half of the half of the building burned down. It was amazing, I mean, isn't that? I'll leave it at that. I just leave it wow. at that. But you know, uh, Paul. Uh, again, coming back to Revelation, the first few chapters in Revelation, uh, John is writing to those seven churches hmm. of the uh, of Asia Minor or today uh, uh, Turkey, and and that hmm. includes hmm. Ephesus, hmm. Uh, and he tells them in a nutshell, "Wake up, you lot." Jesus is standing at the door knocking. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of Ephesus. Um, I like to think of Ephesus as the, f- as the first mega church. Mm. It was a huge church. It was a massive church mm. in its day and age. Uh, and you've rightly said, sometimes when we get so big and when we get so consumed with humanism and, mm-hmm. and, and, and fame and fortune, we take our eyes off of the prize, mm-hmm. Jesus. And that's happening a lot today, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I, I do love that one. Um, he starts with he starts with uh, the church at Ephesus, and um, and Jesus says to John, uh, "Tell them, John, um, that um, I am the one who holds the seven stars and walk amongst the seven lampstands." And we think, what on earth does that mean? And yeah, you're right. Um, this is a, a thriving church; it's growing church. Um, but at that time, when a person in Ephesus and the other churches as well, when a person put their hands in the pocket and pulled out a coin, on that coin uh, was Domitian's son, hmm. the image. Hmm. Because Domitian's son had died. And like most of the emperors, they, most of the emperors did this. They would have a, an image um, of their son or whoever uh, printed on the coin mm-hmm. and that coin that denarius that coin there um, had a picture of uh, his son sitting on the globe with seven stars mm-hmm. um, ar- around the coin mm-hmm. and that there's those seven stars indicated indicated yeah. as some astrology uh, in the sky and what Jesus was, was saying is that tell them John 
that um, it, uh, it, it's not Domitian's son that's got immortality because that was what the coin was saying. My son has got immortality. Hmm. He rules the globe. He's still alive. He's immortal. Okay, he's a god. Hmm. Uh, tell him, John, it's not Domitian's son. Hmm. Um, I hold the seven stars. Hmm. I'm in control and I walk amongst the seven golden lampstands which were he'd already indicated that those lampstands were the churches and I'm walking amongst the churches I'm looking I'm listening I'm moving upon the church and I know you church of Ephesus I know and I'm telling you that I am bigger stronger higher mightier than the world that you are living in you're listening to the reality Produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website, surereality.net, and click on Become a Vision Partner. If you've just joined us, a hearty hello to you. I'm Dudley Anderson, so good to be with you. You're listening to The Reality. And on The Reality Today, we're featuring a special called The Reality Bible Special, getting into the Word of God and getting God's Word into us. If, as you've been listening, you have some questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. Please email me, dudley at surereality.net. Well, today on The Reality, we're featuring The Reality Bible Special, sharing it with Reverend Paul Hudson. We're talking about the book of Revelation. Revelation in the New Testament was penned by the Apostle John. John was exiled to Patmos because of the gospel that he preached. Here, Jesus appeared to him and gave him a vision of the end of time. When he was released from Patmos, John moved to Ephesus. Ephesus was a very large church at the time. Sadly, human logic and philosophy was creeping into the church in Ephesus. John challenged the church, reminding them that sin is a reality. In the first three chapters of Revelation, Jesus challenges the waywardness of the early church, something that we need to take note of today in the 21st century. Well, let's continue chatting with Paul Hudson today on the Reality Bible Special to find out more about the book of Revelation. Today on the Reality Bible Special, I have Paul Hudson with me in the studio. It's so good to have you, Paul. Thank you, Dudley. Bible teacher, pastor, evangelist. God's used you tremendously in your work and ministry. We're talking about the book of Revelation today, Mm. getting into the Word of God. And we've spoken quite a lot about uh, the, the, I don't like to use the word author, because I believe the Holy Spirit authored, Mm. but the man who penned the book of Revelation that is John yeah. the Apostle. I'd like to stop now and, and let's look at the whole book um, and, mm. and, and just get a summary of the book. If you could summarize it in a few sentences, how sure. would you summarize it? I, I would summarize it like this, that this is a message directly from Jesus Christ and telling John to write down what he sees. Now, <laughs> Dudley, have you ever told your wife a dream that you had the night before I have (laughs) tried to tell my wife the other day you know I had this dream suddenly the dream goes off into some kind of weird and wonderful and she goes what's wrong with you you know (laughs) what's the matter with you what did you eat the night before you know and I think in our visions and our dreams it contains part reality and and part imagery it's not a timeline 
of uh, if you just follow this way through you'll get to the end and this is the these are the people try and work out the dates and what happens next it's not that at all because it's not a time frame hmm. it is one man looking and has this picture before him a vision that unfolds and sometimes he looks to the left sometimes he looks to the right sometimes he uh, uh, something else happens and he shifts position and then he moves into a, a higher up and something else takes place and something then speaks and there's all kinds of imagery taking place a lot of it uh, for him he can recognize some of the things in his own world and a lot of it is imagery that appears quite scary. Mm. But within it all, there is a, a meaning, a, a truth that's coming through. And it's simply this. There is no one higher than Jesus. No matter how bad the world gets, God wins. And he's coming again to bring a new heaven and a new earth together and he's going to eradicate and deal with the sin the suffering the evil in the world it will be no more and there will be a perfect uh, new heaven new earth created that's the whole thing is that hold on hang in there no matter how tough it gets mm. i i win at the end god wins at the end and he's got you he's he's in control of you he holds you don't panic <laughs> that's that's the beautiful message like of the vision don't panic <laughs> don't panic don't panic absolutely absolutely that's that's in, in, incredible paul uh, it it is very um uh, um illustrative in in its you know in well, it, its, it, its it narrative is. It, it it is it's got these these images and these these pictures yeah. you know it comes to mind uh there's a scripture that it says um that uh, the spirit of the of a prophet is subject to the prophet and that implies that he can either speak or not speak he has the prophecy mm -hmm. in his heart and his mind mm -hmm. and he can share it or not but it also implies that the prophet has the ability, in fact, he has to translate that vision into his language. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and I've been led to believe that in our brains, we don't actually think in language. We think in image and mood and feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and we translate that through the language part of our brain into our language. As I'm speaking now, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking in imagery and, and the words are coming out in English. Mm -hmm. And so the prophet sees these images and has to translate them into his language mm. but we're talking about eternal sovereign supernatural imagery that of of events and and phenomena mm -hmm. that don't exist on earth mm -hmm. so the prophet has to interpret what he sees mm -hmm. with a frame of reference of of earth mm -hmm. and with the limitation of his language mm -hmm. do you think that john had these difficulties in, in translating this incredible imagery uh, of mm -hmm. of beasts how could he describe this beast? Is it a is it a, a, a dragon? What is this thing that I'm seeing? And he has to translate it into his language that we can read it in the in the Bible. Do you think this is something he battled with? Um, I, I think in his world he, he benefited a lot from um, the um, clear imagery of the Roman emperor uh, and the oppressions 
uh, from from that empire uh, uh, the uh, that was taking place the the bloodshed of the the persecution the suffering um, that was taking place the uh, idolatry the um, when you think that um, um, uh, when when Rome took over they took over the Greek gods and um, so so they would they they took over the Greek gods and where the uh, one of the Greek gods the sun god was called Helios the Rome took it over and uh, Helios became Apollo one of the things about Apollo was he was a sun god so blazing fire of fiery ball of sun that was the, the their god so when uh, john has this vision of jesus and one of the descriptions of jesus is that his eyes were like balls of fire mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right what what is that saying uh, it's saying look you know you, you are used to in your world uh, seeing this ball of fire as a as a god the eyes of jesus are balls of fire. Mm. You know, Jesus is bigger than this. Mm. So uh, mm. also in in Ephesus, where they, they in that in that place they had uh, crafts, bronze furnaces, uh, where they would uh, make uh, gods, idols uh, that would be placed in the temples, uh, etc., and worshipped in that way. Uh, one of the <laughs> images that that comes in the vision is Jesus with legs of a a fiery bronze Mm. furnace you know Mm. and it's kind of like look your world is so small you know it's so small john don't worry god is bigger and and so so there's a lot of things that for us maybe think oh that's really weird but in john's world it wasn't yeah and he could see what what god was saying to him yes yes Wow, it's incredible. You know, the whole book of, of Revelation is, is phenomenal. There's so much we could just talk about in the introduction, Paul, but uh, our time is nearly up. I want to share with you my favorite verse and then ask you what your favorite yeah, sure. is uh, from the book of Revelation. One of my favorites in Revelation, Revelation 12, verse 2. And they overcame him, the devil, or the, the dragon, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. This is just incredible to me that we've overcome the devil by the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony. My favorite verse. What is yours? Well, give me that scripture again. What was that scripture? Revelation 12 verse 11. 11, yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that because my, my favorite scripture, and I'm just turning to it now, is in Revelation chapter 12. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um, but And it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's something that I discovered, which was a Christmas, it's a Christmas message. And it's this. It's probably not used at Christmas, but it is Christmas. Um, and uh, it talks about a woman clothed with the sun. She was pregnant. She cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Mm. And another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns on his heads. And his tail swept a third of the stars um, out of the sky and flung them to the earth. And the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. Mm, What's the Christmas message? Mm. Oh, yeah, King Herod Mm -hmm. wanting to kill Mm -hmm. um, the child, right, Jesus. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. And... It's a very brief version of the Christmas story, but the very fact is that Jesus did come for around about 30 years, a, a brief time in this world. And and the enemy of our soul, the devil, 
was out to try and kill him. He never managed it, and he yeah. doesn't manage it. Yeah. And um, it's a beautiful, beautiful Christmas message. But, Beautiful. you know, absolutely fantastic. Paul Hudson's been marvellous uh, discussing Revelation with Thank you. Thank you so much. Wonderful to have you today. Um, we're going to invite you back again. I'd and love we're going to get more into the, into the book of Revelation. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to The Reality Today with me, Dudley Anderson, featuring The Reality Bible Special with Reverend Paul Hudson. If we've said anything today that's raised a question in your heart, I'd love to hear from you. Drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Only with your prayer and financial help can we produce these radio programs, so please consider partnering with us at the website surereality.net. From me, Dudley Allison, to you, as always, keep your eyes on Jesus. God bless.